We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio. I'm Walker Wildman. Good to be with you today on the show. This is AFA at The Core. Hey, if you want to listen live, you can go to our website, AFR.net. AFR.net is our website. And by the way, some of you out there have been having issues with the American Family Radio app. Well, I've got... um, a fix for you if you're interested um i'm an iphone guy so uh, i was aware of the afr app glitch that we have been experiencing um we're working through resolving the issue across the board uh, but some of you who are operating an apple device running ios which is a software version uh, the software version 14 so 14 and then anything that falls within the 14 range, so 14.1, so on and so forth. The latest version, uh, software version that Apple is running right now is 15.1, uh, which is what I'm operating under on my phone. So I'll say all that to say, if you're operating anything um, under software version 14 with an Apple device, you're going to have issues with our AFR app. It's most likely just not going to open for you. You click on the icon on your on your mobile device and then it just closes. It doesn't open up. So we our IT team is aware of that issue. Um, so if you want a quick fix, the best thing to do is to update your software to the latest Apple software. This is, remember, I'm just talking iPhones only. I'm not talking Android, not talking any other devices. Uh, if you want to uh, have a quick fix to where your AFR app will work on your iPhone, you just need to update your mobile device to the latest software, which is 15.1 is the latest software that Apple is offering. If you update your iPhone to the latest software, the AFR app should work like magic. It should uh, work properly there. So that's the quick fix, but we're also simultaneously working to get the AFR app to function properly across all software versions. Uh, So we're working on that now. But if you've been having issues with the AFR app on your iPhone, you can update your Apple device to the latest software, then you should be good to go. So that's a little backgrounder there. Um, Our scripture for the week is out of the book of Psalm, or Psalms. Uh, We're in chapter one. We're in the last two verses of the chapter here. Actually, one of the shorter chapters in Psalm here, only six verses. But the context here is, uh, the writer of Psalm here is outlining what the life of a righteous man looks like. And so the, 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 the entire context here is, what does a righteous man look like? If you were to see him, if you were to examine his life. And so the latter part here, uh, the writer says, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked 
will perish. So there's this final separation here. So in verse 5, when the writer's talking about the wicked will not stand in the judgment, uh, what I believe he's writing about here is the final judgment and how um, the wicked, the evil, the unbelievers, they will not be able to even stand at final judgment. They will not even be able to stand at final judgment. You can draw from that that most likely they would have already been cast into eternal damnation. Uh, but this is in Psalm uh, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. And so you one of the things I want us to take from this today, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but, you know, here on this earth, we don't always get um, justice. We don't always get justice. You know, we have law and order. God set up government to carry out justice. And, you know, government is not this—oftentimes as Christians, we, we get this, this, this warped view of government. We think that government is this secular institution, that government can really just do whatever it wants to do, and whatever the governing officials say is right, then all of a sudden that's right. God set up government. God is the author and the creator of government, just like God is the author and the creator of the family. God is the author and creator of life. So God created government. You can read about this extensively in Romans chapter 13 and other parts of Scripture. But government was set up by God to uphold good and punish evil. And so back to my point in Psalm here, at times, hopefully, most of the time, we can get some type of, of, of justice here on this earth when people do us wrong. But oftentimes, the, uh, uh, people do wrong and they don't receive judgment. They don't receive justice, at least in the, in the short term. But the good news for everyone is that God will provide final judgment. He will provide final separation. So even though it seems like, you know, things just um, may not be fair, may not be just on this earth, God will provide final judgment and God will provide final separation. Uh, and the evildoers will uh, be judged uh, in that day. So that's uh, something that believers can take uh, refuge in, believers can take um, some type of satisfaction in. But well, another note on that, we don't also, we also don't need to be uh, constant victims. We don't need to constantly be looking and seeking to be the victim. Um, instead, we should be looking to be conquerors in Christ Jesus. Uh, so that's our scripture for the week, Psalm 1, verse 5 and 6. Um, jumping into the news of the week, you know, yesterday I just completely did not talk about this, and I should have, and it, it hit me last night, but uh, the people of a couple different states here that were impacted, but mainly the people of Kentucky are going through um, untold tragedy right now with the tornado that went through there over the weekend. And I've got a story. There's a story up at American Family News right now as we speak, if you want to read a little bit more into this. Um, but there are thousands without heat, water, 
heat and water uh, without electricity, without running water. After these tornadoes uh, blew through, uh, they went through four states. Went through Kentucky, Arkansas, Illinois, and Tennessee. And uh, tens of thousands are without power. Many are without water there. But more more tragic is the number of people that lost their lives. I think the latest count is over 70, and that's still rising um, in Kentucky and other parts of that area, other states. Uh, but the good news is that Eight Days of Hope, one of our partner ministries here, uh, they are already on the ground in uh, Kentucky. Eight Days of Hope is already on the ground in Kentucky. They've been, from what I heard this morning, they've had a an, an outpouring of support and volunteers showing up, willing and ready to help. Uh, so so the, the time for the body of Christ um, to show up is at all times, but during times of tragedy, is especially it's especially important for the body of Christ to show up because when people are hurting, um, when people are in pain, uh, that is a prime opportunity to share the hope and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's what Eight Days of Hope is doing right now as we speak in Kentucky. If you want to find out more information about their work, maybe you want to volunteer with Eight Days of Hope or donate, you can go to 8daysofhope.com, 8daysofhope.com, and you can volunteer for their outreach, their mission, their uh, project in Mayfield, Kentucky. Very, very tragic situation going on there in Mayfield. Hey, yesterday I talked about, I closed the show citing a recent column I wrote in my local newspaper here in North Mississippi. And uh, this this column is now up on our website, afa.net. So Bobby can grab that and drop it on the podcast for this afternoon. So if you want to click through to that link, you can do that uh, one or two ways. You can go to afa.net. It's right there on the homepage, uh, the latest blog there. Or you can go to my podcast page at afr.net after the show and we'll post a link to my latest column. The column's title is National Conversations Built on a Foundation of Lies. And we go through all the examples of uh, the media and so-called journalists uh, misleading us on key stories in the last three years. Well, I want to jump right to uh, some clips for today before we head to a break. Um, I'm going to play clip five here. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to play clip three. This is an Australian official admitting that there's really no end to all of these COVID policies. There's really no end to them, especially when it comes to the shot. Clip three. Let's listen. So long as there's people who are eligible who haven't been vaccinated, we've got work to do. You know, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied so long as there's someone who's choose, you know, who who is eligible and hasn't been. And that's why I've said this, there's not going to be an end point to this vaccination program. Once we've, obviously, we're rolling out boosters now. So we've got a, another, you know, wave of people that we need to make sure that we're protecting again. So um, those who were vaccinated six months ago, we really need them to come back or we need to go to them. Well, there you have it. That's an Australian official. And, you know, you, you, you watch the clips from Australia, you read the news headlines, and you're like, man, Australia's really got, they're really off. <laughs> they're really... You know, they're out there. What on earth are they doing? Well, you know, we're not too far behind them. <laughs> we're not too far behind them. And, uh, you know, we've been warning. Some of us have been warning that there, there is no end to this stuff. 
I mean, you take these these steps to their logical conclusion. There is no conclusion. You know, you say, all right, well, we need uh, the shots don't work, so we need boosters. All right. Well, how long are we going to do boosters? Like the next three years or the next 30 years or the next 300 years? There's really no logical conclusion to many of these measures, and much of the measures don't, just don't work from a data standpoint. Um, and case in point here, this is from CNBC. NFL will require coaches and staff to get a COVID booster by December 27th. So with they have two weeks, these uh, coaches and staff members, with the National Football League, they have two weeks to get the booster. All right, so the first two shots weren't good enough, so we need a third. And then, I don't know, maybe in three months from now, at best, they're going to be calling for a fourth shot, and then a fifth shot, and then a sixth shot. Um, so so we get, we got to end this hard, fast, stop it. Um, otherwise, this stuff's going to go on into eternity. <laughs> um, so that's what's the, the latest now. And uh, Fauci said the other day, you know, he said uh, the definition of vaccination is going to change. Uh, the definition of what it means to be vaccinated is going to change, meaning those of you who stood in line and did what they told you to do and got the first two shots, well, you're going to be considered <laughs> unvaccinated here pretty soon. You're going to be considered unvaccinated here pretty soon if you don't get your booster and get it ASAP. Uh, so the goalpost pun intended here with the NFL, the goalposts keep moving and the goalposts are going to continue moving until we take their post hole digger away. If we want to use analogies here, we just got to take the post hole digger away. Stop moving the goalposts. Leave them where they are. Uh, so if you want to help take the post hole digger away, well, let's just stop participating in this COVID mania. Just stop participating in it. Take the mask off. Don't get your booster upon booster upon booster. Live your life. Be healthy. Hey, go for a walk. Eat good food. Be healthy. Take care of yourself. And let's just don't be paralyzed by fear. How about that for a change? AFA at the core. We'll be back in a few minutes. The borrower is the slave of the lender. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Prior to the passage of the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, over 80% of American families were debt-free. Today, however, over 80% of the American people are saddled with debt. I was asked recently what advice I could offer in the midst of the national tension we currently face. One of the things I said in response was to work toward getting completely out of debt. So much fruitfulness and faithfulness to God has been robbed from us due to the impact of crushing debt. One of the best things you can do for your family right now is to become debt-free. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net. For more from Abraham Hamilton III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Whether you're battling a teenager or a three-nager, a girl's bad attitude has enough power to rattle even the most seasoned parent. When a girl acts out through classic maneuvers like the silent treatment, back talk, or blatant disregard, know that it's a desperate attempt for control. The simplest bit of wisdom to keep in mind when parenting a girl with an attitude is don't stoke the fire. Instead of lashing back, validate her feelings, hold your boundary, and if applicable, offer a possible solution. And pray, pray feverishly. Second Corinthians says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Let God work through your parenting struggle. God has the power to redeem families and restore relationships, and that includes your own. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. We have discussed my options for abortion. After a series of health issues, this mom felt abortion was the only answer. Was still borderline thinking abortion until the little part at the bottom of the ultrasound started moving, and we realized there were two, and I knew then. The Ministry of Preborn is there for moms in crisis, offering free ultrasounds and the gospel in action. At just 11 weeks old, these twins cried out for life through ultrasound. Just seeing that, I said, I can't. I can't. The ultrasound is still the Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the USA, introducing moms to their preborn babies and helping them choose life. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say, baby, your love can save a life. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. So glad to be with you. Hey, if you want to listen, go to AFR.net. If you want to download the app, you can do so. Just go to your app store and uh, download the American Family Radio app. And then one thing I didn't mention last segment is we are live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube. We are live streaming the video on on Facebook and YouTube. Just type in AFA at the core, go to our show pages on either of those platforms, and you can watch the show live there. And then we also upload the show to AFA Streaming, which is our latest streaming platform that we launched just November 1st. And you can watch AFA at the core there. We upload it after the show, so it's not live, but you can watch it later and watch it another day. If you want to go back and watch the show, you can do that. And then in 2022, we're going to come out with our live streaming option where you can watch the show live. So we're becoming more and more self-reliant uh, uh, here at American Family Association when it comes to these third-party platforms. So that is a good thing. Hey, I want to welcome to the studio my brother, Wesley Wildman. Wesley, glad to have you in. Hey, I'm glad to be on, and I appreciate what you do here on AFA at the Core. I've had the opportunity to tune in as I have traveled uh, and met with our supporters and honestly just taken a few days off uh, for Thanksgiving and uh, this time of year. So I just want to tell you you're doing a good job. Now, that's not for you to slack here. Yeah. You get, but that's, that is a – that is <laughs> don't, don't, so don't get a big head here. Okay. I, I caught myself when I was about to start. I really so don't about compliment to, me too much. Yeah, just okay. Find, find a find a happy medium. Okay, so I don't know whether how to take that, yeah. but I'll take it as yeah. a compliment. No, no hey, really, uh, yeah. really, the only reason you're on my show 
is yeah. because you have a beautiful daughter, yeah. fresh daughter, Anna Wesley. That's right. Couple months old. Three months old. And she and I had a conversation a while back. <laughs> and nice. she Her said, and all. And she said, my dad really <laughs> needs to be on your Billy show. Gaga. It makes him feel better about himself. Yeah. So here we are. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, I, I enjoy it. Hey, on a serious note, Walker, I want to tell you that I, I like I said, I'm I, my primary job is to build relationships with our financial supporters and our listeners. And you are getting a lot of compliments. Your program is doing really well, thanks to your producer and That's your right. team here. Bobby so and Marty. I'm just, I, look, I just look forward each Tuesday and Thursday to coming on for a little bit and catching up with what y'all are talking about on your program, maybe provide some perspective, and uh, enjoy having the guests that you have on in this program as well. Yeah, speaking of guests, we have on the line with us Les Riley. Les is president of the Personhood Alliance, actually based in Tennessee, not too far from here. Hey, Les, welcome to AFA at the Core. Hey, uh, actually, uh, our uh, our office is in uh, uh, Tennessee, where we do our uh, our business office. But I actually am from Mississippi. Okay, well, well so, Les, where in Mississippi are you from? Uh, well, I'm I'm actually in uh, in Holly Springs. Okay, yeah, not not too yeah. far not too far from Memphis, and really not too far from Tupelo either. And Les, don't right, you have a right. connection to a couple of the staff members here at AFA? Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I know a few of them, and uh, go to church with uh, uh, Pat Montague and okay. Rick and uh, John Yerby, and uh, yeah, we actually—you um, may not remember—but but we actually started the personhood effort in Mississippi in 2011, and worked pretty closely with ASA on that too. So, well, small world, uh, Les. Hey, tell us a little bit about Personhood Alliance, where you guys started, what year you started, and uh, well, which yeah, well, you did just there, and where, where are you guys now? What's your main focus? Well, the per- the person in alliance is a, uh, I guess you'd say a network, a confederation, affiliation of uh, uh, state, national, international, no compromise, no exception, pro life organizations. Um, and you know where where we're kind of distinct is that we're principled in the sense that we don't support rape and incest exceptions. We don't support uh, a regulatory approach. We want to see all human beings given equal protection in law and in love. Um, but, uh, but we're also very strategic and grassroots. So, you know, like the, the initiative we've got going on right now is our Safe Cities Project, uh, where we've got a, a 12 uh, towns, uh, two uh, counties in Mississippi, four counties in North Carolina, cities in Alabama, towns all over the country that are passing Safe City resolutions for the preborn. But then it's a strategic approach where then, you know, the goal is to, to actually put put feet on that, engage the church, equip the local church to care for the widow, care for the unborn, um, really understand a comprehensive biblical worldview when it comes to personhood and bioethics. And then from there, you start putting teeth on things. Um, we've also been very, very involved in... Um, uh, answering things like ethical vaccines. We've, uh, you know, when the COVID vaccines first started being researched, uh, we put together a team of bioethicists, pastors, theologians, medical professionals to really dig into, um, you know, the, the implications, the ethical implications of using aborted babies for research, using aborted babies to actually make vaccines. And and so, you know, it's, it's kind of a comprehensive uh, approach to equal protection. So we've, we've got people involved in human trafficking and euthanasia, 
in their local communities. And we're just kind of an umbrella group that provides tools and resources and, and works together. Um, and then, you know, our history is essentially in, in Mississippi, you may not, uh, may not remember, but from 2009 to 2011, we collected, um, 130,000 signatures to put an amendment on our state ballot, yeah. uh, saying life begins at conception. And, you know, AFA was heavily involved in that and it unfortunately failed. There were other states doing similar things. So it was really kind of a grassroots bottom up movement. And then there were also groups that were part of national pro-life organizations that you know may have uh, they may have felt like they compromised or they um didn't really stand for equal protection for all human beings and so you know they they left and and joined and and helped start the person of alliance so that's kind of our background and you know we've been around uh you know arguably you could say we've been around since the 70s because some of our founding groups were involved with the original right to life trying to get a human life amendment passed and when that became no longer the focus, they, you know, kind of moved over to personhood. So, so yeah, that's kind of so. So, Les, what, what's your yeah? What's your what's your analysis of the Dobbs case that just was heard two weeks ago before the Supreme Court? Yeah, I, well, for one, I, you know, I'm I'm encouraged by a number of the arguments were made, particularly by Mississippi's um, solicitor general. Um, you know, where he put, clearly declared that the court shouldn't, didn't have the authority to do that, where he clearly declared the person of the unborn and that there's never been a court decision that said you could take a human life. Mm. But then again, you know, Howard Phillips once said, once you sacrifice the principle, you always lose the argument on the details. So if life begins at conception, um, you know, passing a law that says you can't kill after 15 weeks is somewhat insufficient. And, you know, saying we want to turn it back over to the states is somewhat insufficient. But we are hopeful that Roe is overturned, obviously. But, you know, I think what you have to ask yourself is, okay, what are the options from the argument? Okay, one, Roe could be overturned, which would be glorious. It's a horrible law. I mean, it's a horrible court decision on a number of fronts. Number two, Roe could be upheld, which would be tragic. Number three, which it seemed like some of the justices, particularly Judge Roberts, was trying to find a, a middle ground that may have may be not Casey, but not overturning Roe either. And so just giving the states a little more leeway to, to regulate murder. Um, but but ultimately, we're not going to know until June in which every one of those things happens. But let's let me event that wrote. Yeah. yeah, let me ask. Let me ask you this. What is what is personhood alliances solution? Because if the fifteen week bill is inadequate and has be- built on faulty ground, what is your solution to end abortion across the country? Well, I yeah, I, our solution is is uh, is very simple: It's to recognize the person to the unborn and to not, um, you know, to to return to the doctrine of lesser magistrate and states' rights and recognize that courts don't make law. Mm, um, that's good. So, so. Yeah. So, so yeah, let me, let me clarify now. Now there are abolitionist groups out there that say, you know, anything less than full abolition, you know, is completely unacceptable. And what personage approach is, is we believe there can be laws that protect some humans that don't protect all human beings, but don't dehumanize other groups of human beings. Right. But, but, you know, you know, compromising exceptions are, sometimes necessary 
but they're never they're never adequate. They're never going to be blessed by God. Right. And they're never going to actually answer the core question. The question becomes so so the approach person has taken is we work for personhood legislation. Uh, we work for total abortion bans and recognition of the personhood and humanity of the unborn in law. Uh, but at the same time, we know that um, that's a long, hard process. And so we encourage people to get involved at the very local level. You know, lives are saved at pregnancy centers. Lives are saved when people go to the street in front of the abortion clinic, when people help women in their community. This this is going to be one at the local level. Mm, so that's where yeah. each abortion ends. To end abortion, our approach is the safe cities approach, where we recognize at the local and then the state level the person who is the unborn. But if that if if you remember when like Judge Moore in Alabama, like Kim, um, yes. I think it was Edwards um, in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So you have a statesman actually stand up yep. against an unjust federal mandate, and they get hung out to dry. Yeah. Yep. So if the not church us, is not though. ready to stand behind them, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. So, you know, and I always say, how dare we expect a politician to sure. risk his career, possibly his freedom, to interpose on behalf of the unborn when we won't give our bass votes taking one foster kid? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, so the, the, the second phase is, so we want to recognize the person to the unborn, but then step two in the safe city process is equipping the church, engaging the church, providing tools, showing the church, okay, Here's a local pregnancy center. Here's how you get involved in this ministry. Amen. Here's how. Here's tools to educate your church so that your church isn't taking abortifacients, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and then once you have an understanding of those things, then you start putting teeth in your law and you start pushing back against the Fed. And when, you know, when a federal judge comes in and says mississippi can't close its abortion clinic Hmm. and our governor says oh yes we can then we've got three thousand mississippi churches mississippi sheriffs mississippi families standing Hmm. behind him and and that's you know that's that's how we i i just i just don't feel like that and we'll know we'll know soon you know i'm very hopeful that if rose overturned that we can keep moving the ball down the field yeah and even if it is overturned you realize we've got to fight this in 50 states yeah. in localities no doubt and there's also the, the the threat that the congress could pass a i mean the house has already passed but the senate has 48 votes to recognize abortion as a fundamental right even if rose overturned yeah well what do we do then right Hey, Le- got to go back to the state. Mm-hmm. Hey, Les, thank you so much for coming on. This is Wesley here. We appreciate the work that you do there at Pre- uh, Personhood Alliance. We've enjoyed the partnership over the years, and I appreciate you um, coming on the program today and helping us with this topic. Okay, thanks. Hey, thank you so All much. All right, there you have it. Hey, Walker, I wanted to add in addition to that that um, AFA also supports the abolishment of abortion, and that is our goal here at AFA, while we also continue to fight for laws mm-hmm. that will save as many onboard children as possible, which is why legislation like the 15-week abortion ban uh, is in alignment with AFA's core values of sanctity of human life because it, quote, this is from our core values, it upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And, you know, what one thing we got to remember here is that, and we need to be Again, like he said last, uh, hopeful of, and that's that uh, Galatians chapter 6 reminds us that we should never give up because we should never 
grow weary in doing good because in due time we'll reap if we do not give up. I know this has been a long, hard-fought battle, and I know you and I here at AFA have been in this just for a couple of years now. Yeah. While we have people like my papa, your papa, our dad, and the rest of the staff here at AFA and uh, American Family News, um, Rob Chambers over there in AFA Action, mm. we they've been fighting this for many, many, many years, and there's a very good possibility that, that we'll see this overturned in our lifetime and potentially – abortion banned in all 50 states yeah. um so this is there's there's we're moving the the needles moving incrementally in the right direction yeah and if you look at uh, i compare this to if you want to look in history you look at slavery mm. uh, there were early moves uh to abolish slavery sure. or to give slaves more freedom um for for a hundred plus years it didn't happen overnight no. um so so movements like this often take time sure and uh the this this uh the legislation before the supreme court um it has the potential to have roe versus wade overturned yeah. um which would allow states to abolish slavery altogether yeah uh, because if you take out roe v wade states can completely abolish abortion That's right and in, um, in many states by the way i learned this other day i thought it was two or three but it's actually 13 i believe states that already have laws on the books it would completely abolish abortion yeah. already. Uh, and now they, they would need, obviously, the Supreme Court to send it back to the states right. in order for that to happen, but it's already there. Hey, Walker, I know we got about a minute and a half left. If it's okay, what can I? it takes about 50 seconds. Can I pray back the prayer that AFA uh, left for our audience to pray in, in hopes that this would uh, come to pass? Absolutely. All right. Lord Jesus, I grieve inside when I think of millions of lives lost to legalize abortion in our nation. Our hearts for our for the mothers and the families of the unborn children whose lives have been deeply scarred by abortion, we pray for them. For you know each life is precious in your sight, knitted together in the womb. Help us as a nation here in America to return to the faith of our fathers and recognizing that life is sacred. Lord, please forgive our nation of the sin and send your Holy Spirit upon the Supreme Court, leading them to rule in favor of life and to protect protect those innocent lives of the unborn. In Jesus' name, we pray here at AFA at the core. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I've enjoyed it. All right, thank you, brother. AFA at the core, be back in a few minutes. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. 
if it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction. There's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Christians in China, they're crying out for the word. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Let me tell you about Haio. He was an interrogator with the police department outside of Beijing, China. His job was to come down hard on pastors, jail them, beat them, humiliate them. But I can tell you, God had a different plan. He would go to the doorstep of one of the men that he had beaten, a man by the name of Katsu, and he would ask him, how are you at such peace when we were beating you severely? And so this man, Katsu, would open his door, open his Mandarin Bible, and lead this bitter atheist to faith in Christ. And would you know it, together, they've seen literally thousands and thousands come to Christ in that part of China. But in their house church movement of quite a few churches, there's only about one or two Bibles. Hey, listen, we want to be able to bless these Christians at Christmas so they can read for themselves the Christmas story. Would you do that at only $5 a Bible? You can do that by calling 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-YES-WORD. Or you can give at sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org. Giving a Bible to somebody is the greatest gift you can give somebody in life. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us this last segment. Hey, tomorrow, last segment, we'll take calls tomorrow, not today. Tomorrow on Wednesday, we'll take calls last segment. So you're going to want to tune in for tomorrow's show. Uh, we've got a lot of special things going on. We've got a special guest tomorrow, Kirby Anderson, with a Point of View Radio, also Probe Ministry. He's going to be on with us to talk about some surveys that they've been doing of of the American public and young people and um, and their view of the issues of the day all through a biblical lens. So that'll be tomorrow. And then we just had on Les Riley, uh, president of Personhood Alliance to talk about the life movement going on across the country um, and uh, and what's going on there. On that topic, I want to play a clip here. Uh, Doctor, uh, I, this is not a joke. Uh, this is not a, a Babylon Bee article. Uh, Dr. Oz is running for Senate in uh, Pennsylvania. He is running for Senate in Pennsylvania, and um, he's running as a Republican. He's running as a Republican. So, you know, I don't I haven't been tracking Dr. Oz and and viewing his and 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 uh tallying his positions on the issues because I just haven't. 
Um, but now he's running for public office, so things are getting interesting. And I decided to do a little research on some of his positions on the issues because he's running as a Republican. And that interests me. Well, I came across this interview that he did where he's talking about abortion. He's talking about baby killing, and he and, and he is trying to straddle the fence, but it's just not working out very well for him. So let's play clip five. This is Dr. Oz, now a U.S. Senate candidate in Pennsylvania. The medical school in Philadelphia, and I saw women who'd had coat hanger events. Mm. I mean, they're really traumatic events that happened when they were younger before Roe versus Wade, and many of them were harmed for life, emotionally discarding anyway. Right. And listen, I, I'm at a personal level, I, I wouldn't want anyone in my family to have an abortion. I, I told my kids this, I mean, I, I, love the, the, I love the lives that they're creating so much that I, that I personally wouldn't want it, but I don't want to interfere with everyone else's stuff because it's hard enough to get into life as it is. What I do know as a physician is if you're going to make it a, if the litmus test is the heart's beating, then really make it the heart beating. Mm-hmm. Don't make some surrogate version of it right. when, you know, cells are, you know, or, you know, have an electrical path. That's, that's, not what, that's not what the average person thinks. Right. The average person is envisioning a little acorn heart beating in there. That's not what's that's going not what on at six weeks. And I think the, 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 the rule that, that most Americans seem to support is if the child was viable outside the womb, then you don't want to kill that child. So that is Dr. That's a, by the way, that's a 2019 interview, but it resurfaced in light of his Senate, uh, his U.S. Senate race in uh, Pennsylvania. And there, there's two approaches we can take here. The first approach is, as I've mentioned extensively on this show, but dare I repeat it again, uh, human life begins at conception. Human life begins at conception. The scientific community has recognized this for a long time. Of course, God has recognized this um, since the dawn of creation, since the book of Genesis. And God's word extensively talks about human life and the value of human life from conception. Um, and so so that's that's the first part of this. Um, but the, the latter part that I want to talk about is that is that the, the, the Republican Party has a major issue with allowing people to, quote, join their ranks when they don't believe on some of the core tenets of being a Republican representative in the U.S. Congress and across the country. And so that is the issue. You know, uh, after Romney lost... Mitt Romney, 2012. After Mitt Romney lost, the Republican National Committee, they did this autopsy report. Actually, when Reince Priebus was still their chairperson. And the the autopsy report after Romney got beat because, well, Romney just wasn't a fighter. Um, The autopsy report revealed or recommended that the Republican Party, quote, expand their tent. Expand their tent to reach in the name of reaching more voters. Here's the problem with that. That autopsy report and the way that that, that, that the whole report was written was operating under the impression or the assumption or the principle that the, that the goal is re-election. That the goal of a politician, the goal of a national political party is simply re-election. 
So if you go down that path, remember there's all kind of paths we can go down in life. If you go down that path, then why do you need a Republican Party platform? Why do you need core values? You really don't. Instead, you just throw your core values in the trash and then you you hire pollsters to run the latest surveys about what's popular and then that becomes your party's latest value. And so this is where the Republican Party is. I mean, you, we can talk about the Democrat Party. That ship has sailed. They booed God at the convention back during the Obama days. They, 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 they swear by abortion, and they fight for killing babies. So the Democrat Party, they've sailed, and that ship has sailed a long time ago. They openly support sexual deviancy and the endorsement of not only homosexuality, but transgenderism and all kind of other deviant behavior. That is the Democrat Party. So you've got this Republican Party over here, which a large part of the Republican Party's voting base is evangelicals, is Christians. There would there would be no Trump presidency without the evangelical voting base. 85% of Christian evangelical voters voted for Donald J. Trump. And he knows that, and he, he understood that. He would have not been elected had evangelicals not showed up for really what was a vote against Hillary Clinton. But, but, but my, my overarching point here is that the Republican Party, they're going to have to get a grip of, they're going to have to get a grip. They're going to have to get a hold of what they really care about. Otherwise, they're going to continue drifting into this party of whatever the latest survey says. And they're already tending, they're already doing this a little bit. We talked last month about how President Trump and Ronna McDaniel and the Republican National Committee had a, a gathering with the log cabin Republicans down at Mar-a-Lago. Well, who are the log cabin Republicans? Well, you go to their website, they pretty much oppose the Republican Party platform. They're against religious freedom. They think people like Jack Phillips and Baronel Stutzman, well, they should just have to bake the cake. Well, Baronel, she should just have to put the flowers together for the homosexual couple. And so they have a warped view of the First Amendment and religious freedom. That is the law of Capitol Republicans. But here you have the Republicans partnering with them. And now you have Dr. Oz running for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. And this 2019 interview surfaces where he's basically saying, I'm uh, personally against abortion, but I think people should be able to have abortions. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How can you do that? But, but that's the thing now. See, you listen to these politicians. That's what they say. You listen to them closely. They say, I'm, uh, you know, I'm personally against abortion, but I think people should still be able to do it. Okay, let's try that with other issues. I'm personally against slavery, but I think my neighbors should be able to have slaves. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that moral mumbo-jumbo, jumping around with any other issue. And we sure can't do it when we're talking about the value of human life. So, so it is time, it is time that leaders in the Republican Party, i.e. Ronna McDaniel, 
uh, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, all these people that claim to be champions of values in the Republican Party, it is time that they start forcing people who want to have the little R by their name, they want to take money from the National Party, it is time that they start actually adhering to the Republican Party platform. Either adhere to the party platform or change the party platform. But you can't have it both ways. And so Dr. Oz is running as a Republican, uh, but he's having views like a Democrat. So wanting to, wanting to piggyback on the Republican Party, uh, but not adhere to their, um, their core values and the Republican Party platform. So that's Dr. Oz for you. So don't be tricked there in Pennsylvania thinking Dr. Oz is a Republican because he's not. He, he, he's opposing, actively opposing the Republican Party platform. Uh, moving on to a few other topics I wanted to talk about. Um, this is, uh, this is, uh, I've actually got something good to say about President Biden today. I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, sneaking this in on Bobby and Marty. They didn't even know this was coming. Uh, here's the headline from uh, the media. This is an outlet I've actually never heard of, protocol.com. Biden will sign an executive order to move government services online. <clears throat> Your first reaction is, huh, what? All right, let me read a little bit of background for you. The White House is hoping to spur a major technological overhaul of government services with a new executive order by President Biden that he'll sign on Monday. That was yesterday. The order directs 17 government agencies, so all of the government agencies, uh, to modernize the way they deliver critical services to Americans, including by bringing more of those services online. All right, just hang with me here. Here's a quote from uh, one of the uh, senior advisors to the president. We looked at the points of greatest friction for people with with their government, <laughs> filing taxes, applying for Social Security benefits, waiting in TSA lines. Can I get an amen? And focused on ways to reduce that friction, said Nira Tandon, senior advisor to the president. Uh, she went on to say uh, that they're focused on reducing the, quote, time tax on Americans. So the executive order focuses on agencies that have the most interactions with individuals and lays out more than 30 specific updates they need to make. From allow allowing Americans to renew their passports online to allowing disaster victims to submit photos of damage via their mobile phone. All of these actions are near-term in nature, meaning that they will generally be completed in the coming months. Within one year, said Jason Miller, Deputy Director of Management at the OMB office for the executive branch. So, Bobby, if you want to renew your passport, well, we may not have to go to the local post office anymore. Yeah, that's one of the few organizations that they, they don't need cuts. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when you have... Oh, my gosh, somewhere along the lines of 28,000 IRS employees. It was 19,000 uh, before they had that uh, injection of, of resources uh, not too long ago um, in, a, in a bill that was passed. So your, the purpose of online work is to cut down and minimize uh, interpersonal relations and, and things of that nature. So you don't need the human resources mm -hmm. that you would have in the past. Yeah. I want to see that happen. Yeah. Good yeah. It, 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 
Yeah, you, you look at government, and, and they really can't do much right. But it sure would be nice not to have to push all the paper around. You know, I mean, you can already file your taxes online. Um, and I'll tell you what, the the <laughs> and this is at a state level, but the driver's license renewal process is an absolute nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare, at least when you have to go to the DMV. All right, I know they've got some online options now, so don't be calling me telling me, Walker, you got to check out the online options. I know they're out there. But historically, getting your driver's license renewed and trying to get your passport renewed have been the most time-consuming things uh, that that take place when it comes to government. So pretty soon, Biden is going to make it where you can get your passport and renew your passport all online. So that may be one of the greatest things, one of the greatest accomplishments that President Biden has done. It's funny that you mention that, though, specifically, <laughs> because I just saw an article this morning where uh, airline travel may be next to next to nil in the not too distant future. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think so many people are turned off by the you all have the regulations. Mask, you have to have a yeah. vaccine. You have to have the seventeenth disposition of the booster to the third quadrant, and <laughs> by that time, people are just going to say, "You know what? It's okay. I need to I need to explore more of the U.S. and I'll do it by by my windshield." You know, that's a good point. Uh, Flying has become pretty measurable experience. You know, we're, we're in 2021, and we we apparently have driverless cars, and and Bezos is flying to the outer space every week. Yeah, <laughs> but I've still got to take my belt and shoes off on the TSA line. Yeah, you've been traveling a lot lately, so you can <laughs> you've got first person uh, disposition. There. You got to take your belt and your shoes off because we don't have technology to detect bad things in my shoes and my belt. Um, got to keep that mask on. And, you know, the airlines say, even when you're eating, you got to pull that mask back up between sips. Maybe we'll be driving more of the heartland in the coming years. AFA at the core, I'm Walker Wildman. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, don't forget to check out our website, AFR.net, and subscribe to the AFR app. We'll be back tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.